Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Beerman. Here's a secret you can pass it around. Here's a secret you can pass it around. My head in the clouds, hands and feet on the ground. Here's a secret you can pass it around. All right. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. Podcast. I'm Mike. We got Max. We got Shane. So much going on. Fellas, we're recording this on the Monday immediately following the 94th Academy Awards, uh, where I can't imagine you listen to this podcast and aren't aware of what happened at that awards ceremony. We will get to that in a bit. There's a lot to talk about today. Of course, the very shocking uh, uh, passing of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I think we just need to uh, get to the thing that everybody's talking about, which we were talking about last night in the group chat. We're like, let's do a pod immediately. And that is, of course, um, at the Academy Awards last night, uh, uh, Chris Rock came out and he was doing a couple jokes. One of them was uh, about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, uh, about her. She has a shaved head. He made a joke about G.I. Jane, too. Whether Chris Rock knew it or not, she has been open about having alopecia. And that obviously a side effect of that is hair loss. Will Smith did not take too kindly of this, walked up on stage and open hand uh, slapped Chris Rock and then went back to his seat. <laughs> yelled a few things and obviously it became the slap heard around the world. Uh, Twitter was on fire last night. It was, it was madness. So fellas, where do we even start? Where do we even start with this incident? With a question. Okay. Do you think <laughs> he still does that if Amy Schumer makes the joke? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. 
No, he no. doesn't do that. No. Well, you know, there's history between them, right? Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have done the deep dive, but um, Chris Rock, when he was hosting the Oscars a couple of years ago, made a joke about how Jada Pinkett uh, Smith boycotted the Oscars. And then mm-hmm. his joke was like, well, who invited you anyway? Nobody invited you. That's like me boycotting Rihanna's panties, which is, which is kind of a yeah. funny joke. <laughs> but it's funny, like how that wasn't, you know, when it erupted, Twitter went off, but it took probably like, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour for someone to like uncover and connect that dot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, and so in our mind, we're like, you know, Will Smith just sort of acted crazy, but he's probably been ruminating on that joke for years now. Right. And where the rest of us like heard the joke, forgot about the joke and moved on. Who knows? Do you think, do you think Chris, uh, do you think Will Smith and Jada are talking about Chris Rock like regularly? Like that motherfucker, like fuck that guy. Like, do you think, <laughs> it, you know, that that's, he's been a topic of conversation because they probably have a shit list, right? They, I wonder if they like write it down, like, you know, on a whiteboard in their house somewhere, like fuck these people. And then, and then Chris, and again, of all the people for Chris Rock to go after in that whole room, the fact that he went after Jada Pinkett Smith is kind of, funny and and a little peculiar wouldn't you wouldn't you say but isn't the job of the comedian though to go after every single person like but he, but he wasn't hosting the show he literally went after like two people like denzel and jada like if he's gonna make a, a joke and go after one person in the room the fact he went after jada i wonder if there's there's more there that aside from you know i wonder if will smith's people called his people after that original joke and uh and then he was gonna poke the bear a little bit more i don't know hmm but it's interesting to say they have history because when you host the Oscars, that would mean if you tell 20 jokes in the opening that are offensive to the celebs, that would mean he's got a history with 20 other people. When you, It's just the nature of hosting, right? If you're Ricky Gervais, you go down the line and anyone who did anything that you can potentially make fun of, you do. It doesn't mean you have a, a big history with them, right? Yeah, but you know, if you're Will Smith and JD's like, yeah, everyone's out to get me. It, it sounds like he, he, you know, he referenced that in his uh, his speech, saying that he's like, you know, in this town, people make fun of you a lot. So clearly, it's like stuff doesn't necessarily roll. He was off scrambling back. though because he just slapped a man on TV. <laughs> he was in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I, I see what you're saying though, Max, because Jada is such an interesting target for Chris Rock. Like it, when he hosted, she's not somebody who is like you know, nominated for prestigious awards very, you know, often she's not like in these movies that would sort of be considered that. So for Chris Rock to do a couple minutes on her when he hosted was a little bit weird and kind of targeted. So for them, for him to then do this years later, maybe it is sitting there where they're like, oh, this, you know, this guy's fucking doing it again. And what was so bizarre about the way the whole thing unfolded, and I'm sure you guys, like anybody else, has watched the footage from every angle that's available and broken it down. And 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 it's at first, Will is being very magnanimous. He's he's laughing along. He wants to sort of be a good sport. He's got his big Will Smith smile. He's kind of he's doing he's playing along. The joke didn't register, though. Yeah, didn't. It didn't. And the first thing you see is that Jada Jada has a look like Mm -hmm. this fucking guy and the crowd laughs because they see her reaction. And at that point, it still kind of feels like a bit when it's like you see this all the time where someone will make a joke about like Jack Nicholson and he'll be smiling and he'll stop smiling. And then that becomes a part of the joke. Like that's don't make fun of me. That's not funny. So you think that's kind of what's going on. Then they cut back to Chris in that time. Clearly will put it together. What was happening probably had a look with his wife and was like, oh, she's like hurt or mad or whatever she's going through. And then something in him obviously changed and he felt the need to go up and sort of defend uh, their honor and, you know, fucking hit a man. So it's like it's 
it was it was wild. It was wild, you know. And I'm very fascinated to, to see. I knew this. You knew it immediately. It was going to become like a, a sort of like a fractured topic in the sense of like how different people viewed what he did, who was at fault, all of those things. You know what I mean? You've seen the spectrum of tweets. Like Dame Dame Lillard, NBA player, tweeted. You know, he, he retweeted a clip of it, and he said, "There's a lot of mfers that need to get hit like this." You know, so obviously he took Will Smith's sort of stance, right? Hundred thousand likes when I looked like two hours ago, and it's like oh, Lillard said that, yeah. And so there's a, there's sort of a Russia defend the fact that Chris sort of like you know maybe stepped over the line in doing those jokes, and that Will you know he was being he was defending himself with whatever honor code he has or whatever that is. Then there's this whole other sort of like section where they're like, listen, assault is assault. There's no tolerance here. You know, if we're trying to evolve as a you know a species and and and, and you know humanity's trying to elevate to something, we just can't have that. Then there's this whole other section of people that are outraged by it. And it is stand-up comedians. Every stand-up <laughs> fucking comedian is like, is like so upset. Cause they're like, this opens the floodgates. Like Will Smith. Now, now we're, we're all a target. Like Kathy Griffin had a tweet about how they're all like, you know, it's like now, now that this has happened, it could happen to any of us. It's like, I, I think you're going to, I think you're going to be okay. But I just, it's just this whole other contingent of like standups who are like, you know, rightfully gathering around the person. And they obviously have very strong views about sort of the role of the comedian and the audience and the targets of jokes and how that all plays out and sort of the venue and all this stuff. But honestly, it is wild and like two really likable people, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's it the was other, kind like of Will Smith. It was kind of the perfect crime though, in so many ways. Like if he had punched him, if it wasn't a smack and if it was a punch and Chris Rock was like knocked out and like, you know, dislocated his jaw or something like that, that would have been so uncomfortable. It was the slap. It was like the perfect amount of sort of power so that like Chris Rock, so the photo looks amazing, right? The photo yeah, it's <laughs> that was like on the cover of the New York Times. So he's clearly feeling it is not a staged like WWF sort of thing. And then he he he's able to compose himself. He makes a great joke in return. That was not a the, great it, joke. Let's well, say it was, it was a reactive. He said something that wasn't unfunny. That okay, way, I mean, the, the, could, the line was uh, this is the greatest night in television history, right? And he, he also said it was a G.I. Jane joke. Oh, that, that was still in like the back and forth where it was like, what's going to happen here? And Chris was kind of still like defending himself like, wow, dude, he was still in shock. But when yeah. he composed himself and delivered the line, which obviously we're all kind of going, what's that going to be? That The line was this was the greatest night in the history of television or something like that. And there's kind of an uncomfortable laugh. And then he moved on to the award. But don't you think it was like sort of like the best case scenario for the way the whole thing would have played out when it comes to a confrontation? Like if it had got any messier, let's say they start pushing each other and then and then it turns into a brawl on the stage. If he slapped him back once, that would have been awesome. The second he gets slapped, just boom. <laughs> or it's just a slap war. Yeah. Just keeps going. Boom, boom, boom. That would be what would happen to like family guy. No. Yeah, exactly. They just keep slapping. I, I'd like I like it though because it happened and then he and then he walked right off stage he like he marched on stage slapped kind of the man smug. yeah yeah chris rocks kind of in shock makes a decent joke given the context will smith walks back delivers another great line like keep your wife's name out of my no my wife's name out of your mouth and then and then everyone's sort of in shock you know quest love wins an oscar and it all kind of happens like it like i don't i think it could have gone a lot worse but like the shot and it almost and it felt like stage. You know, it's funny. I was uh, walking home and I'm in a text bed with book club Maddie and manager Ash. 
And um, Chris, uh, Matt, Matt goes, why is Chris Rock not hosting? He's fucking destroying. I'm dying. I know I'm the biggest Chris, Homer, Chris Rock homer of all time. But uh, And then Ash goes, bad bit with the punch. Did you lose audio? And then and Matt goes, yeah, do you think that was an accident or things were said? Ah, things were said. So just the way it all developed for me reading, like I was following it via this text thread with my friends. Wow. And so that also made the intrigue that much greater, right? Because you're like, huh, wait, huh, wait, did that actually... Okay. And then the, the minute it became real for people, we're like, holy shit. And then all of course, of course, all the hot takes start coming. But um, did you know that Will Smith had a history of slapping? <laughs> Does he? Yeah. So he was pranked on a red carpet before where a okay. Borat style imitator person tried to kiss him on the red carpet. He tried to do like the Italian thing where you do a kiss on one cheek, a kiss on the mm. other cheek. And then he went for full lips and a little bit of tongue maybe. And Will okay. goes, whoa, and then slaps him. Oh, I do kind of remember that, yeah. actually, I think. So that was his first instance of public slapping, where it was also in that <laughs> realm of, eh, did Will cross the line with the slap? Like, I know it was a prank, but you don't get physical like that. I, I, I was very much like you, Max, where I was, it took me a while to get the baby down. So I was taping the, the, the show at PVR or whatever, and, I, and I'm behind. And then I get a text from Randall Graham, and he's like, that is the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow, dude. And I was like, I'm behind. I'm like, what's up? Like, I was like maybe 20 minutes into the show. I immediately now have to skip over. Like, I just have to get to the moment. And my phone is blowing up and now you're consuming it. It was wild. Shaney, how, how did you hear about Because you, I know I was, I'm in the group with you and you said you were sleeping. Yeah, I have COVID. So I'm in bed yes. with COVID. Yes. <laughs> like, I just assume, like, I'm like, when you have COVID, you probably got to go to bed early. But I was all. <laughs> Who told you that? Like it the just COVID seemed police? like, oh, you're going to have chills and you're going to feel different. So I was anticipating that. And then a little bit of psychosomatic stuff was going on. But when I heard that, I was like, fuck, of course, when I shut the Oscars off and go to bed, the best thing in the world happens because this is hilarious. <laughs> and then I, I, I was wired after that. And I was looking at the Australian feed and the Japanese feed because they both had it unedited before the 10 second delay caught it. Um, how, Shane, you're criticizing Chris Rock's joke. Mm -hmm. Let, let's let's workshop some stuff. What would you have said if you're Chris Rock? You just taken the smack. OK, so you take the smack. A lot of people looked at it as a punch. So you can pretend it was a punch and you go, Will, you never punch down in comedy. And then it's mm. like, oh, ha because ha, Will's like four inches taller than Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that could be funny. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm in. Do you double down and take another jab at, uh, at Jada? Oh, no. Yeah, no, no I wouldn't Stay do clear. that. And or I'd say, you're lucky I'm a very weak man, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, Mike, what would you have retorted? Oh, in, in moments like that, this kind of gets back to what we talked about last episode of like the guy in the Starbucks with you, Max. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. To, I mean, listen, Chris Rock is one of the funniest people in the world. Obviously, he's had a, a long storied career. He's considered one of the best at what he does in the world. And in that moment, I mean, listen, the fact that he even kept his composure, one, like he took the hit and it, it was significant. And he, I thought a lot about him today, to be honest, because mm -hmm. who will I, or Chris, Chris, because mm -hmm. Chris Rock, I listened to on a podcast two weeks ago, just he was a uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey have a podcast about SNL and they have a bunch of people on. They talk to her about their SNL days. So they had Chris Rock on. I was cleaning the house. I had it in and he was telling a story because uh, they were talking about how chill he is and how sort of calm he is. And he said it was a lot of therapy. And he told a story about when he was a kid, um, a guy had embarrassed him in front of a bunch of girls like in the neighborhood. And 
he, he, he thought about it. And then because he was embarrassed, he took like, um, he beat the guy like so bad, like his rage overtook him. And he spent the next like week being scared. The police were going to come like his brothers were talking about, he's going to have to go to Texas to hide out. Like, and so basically from that point on, he was so scared of his rage, um, that he, you know, he got help for it. And now he like, he knows how to like sort of internalize it and sort of, uh, mediate those feelings, those spikes. So anyway, I'm thinking about him in this podcast being vulnerable and talking about the embarrassment he felt and the way he reacted. And I kept thinking about that moment, like one, a slap like that's got to hurt. And it looked like his eyes were watering a bit as he was trying to process everything and keep his composure and like the wows and the sort of reactions. Like I almost started crying when the guy yelled at me in a Starbucks. Imagine imagine Chris Rock, like everything in him probably wanted to just run backstage or whatever. And he's sort of, he's probably playing all this out, you know, a million miles a second in his mind. And, and then he continues on, he gets the award out. And then he's gone. We haven't heard from him at the time of this recording. He is, there's been no response from Chris Rock other than we know that he declined to press like charges when the LAPD asked, which is like <laughs> which a, is whole a great wild headline, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, and then today that photo, that we're would talking, also if he did, uh, did press charges. Yeah. <laughs> full body cast would be funny on Instagram. He puts a photo of a full body cast. <laughs> well, yeah. So like, so that, so, and then I was thinking about this morning, I saw, I saw the photo that you're talking about. That's on the cover of the times or whatever. That's great over. It's like this overhead photo. And it's like, I don't know how it can't be in the running for sort of like photo of the year because it catches the moment where Will's the follow through on the slap. Chris is making a face that's like, ooh, it's like everything about it has become like it's going to be the biggest meme of this Mm -hmm. year. And already there was a million hack jokes on this fucking meme all day today. And I was just like, damn, imagine being like you're Chris Rock. You go, you deliver your jokes. We can talk about that. The Macbeth joke with thing. And then even the G.I. Jane joke, like, you know what I mean? And then this happens. And now it's like I thought about him and like, how would you guys feel if you're Chris Rock? I know we're mm-hmm. going to try, we're trying to figure out the line that I would have said in that moment. Yeah. You know, everyone made the joke like, oh, got one little fight. You know what I mean? Like the Fresh Prince theme. Mm-hmm. If he had said something like that in the moment, that probably would have got a huge reaction. But it's hard to be gracious and magnanimous when you've just been like yeah. embarrassed so sort of like um, severely or salted think, or however you want to frame it okay, on national I TV. I think a, a lot of delusional people identify with Will Smith and like that stand that he took. Like anybody that's going like, yeah, that's called, that's chivalry. That's protecting your family. That's, that's standing up for what's right. I'm like, if, if people are taking that side of the argument, I'm kind of like, you're nuts. Like Will Smith, you are one of the most like rich and beloved people uh, of in all time uh, history. And, you know, uh, you the cost of that is getting tease sometimes mm-hmm. and you live a very open life with your wife and you, you guys talk about each other's like sexual history and stuff yeah, like they that. were teasing so that like, th- that was being made yeah. fun of you think that would be yeah. more uh you know no a no yeah, fly zone exactly so it's like so and then he overreacts and he like storms the stage like a crazy person smacks chris rock then wins an academy award and makes his entire speech about protecting women or something he's like i protected you and i protected you and i protected you because i care about my family and i care and I'm like okay you sound nuts whereas anybody who's like a rational normal person i think just goes like oh yeah chris rock like you handle that as well as anybody could in being confronted by a crazy person and like i don't i don't see I don't feel like I should be humiliated for Chris Rock at all. I should be like, oh, this guy just had to deal with a crazy person yelling him at Starbucks. That's kind of the way I think about Chris Chris's position. Because I don't think Chris was humiliated. Chris was just like, what the fuck just, what? Dude, are you, are you fucking kidding me? And if you're the guy in the conversation going, 
Are you fucking kidding me? You're normally the person who is of right mind. He should have said, is this a bad time to mention that Wanda Sykes wrote that joke? It would have killed. It would have it brought down the house. And, he, and then he goes, Wanda, get out here. And then that, that would have And been then amazing. he acts like he's like holding her. That would have killed. That's interesting. That would have been like, that would have been, that's the one. Mm-hmm. That's the joke. I mean, you know, Max, what's interesting is I think the reason this is such a f- fascinating sort of incident and all the different takes is there are, you can find a lot of discourse online that are absolutely defending Will Smith and basically being like, they just see it as like two people sort of like resolving things in a way that might be more real than sort of the bullshit of Hollywood in a weird way. No, no, I agree. But but I think what people are missing here is if Chris Rock's going around like the after party and like, this, let's say he didn't make any joke on stage, but he's just going around the after party making jokes about Jada Pinkett and her hair. And, and you know, and he, she has this medical issue where she loses her hair and like, sure, Will Smith, go fuck him up. Right. Like, but it's like, if Chris Rock is a comedian and his literal job is to come on stage and deliver jokes at the expense of the most rich and famous and most beautiful people on the planet, that's just something you got to sign up for. So this idea that he's like defending that Will Smith is defending his family's honor is like, uh, like, like I get the confrontation and I even understand like the violence and confronting nature of like um of a man protecting his wife etc in that in if, if they're being kind of called out and humiliated but here i, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit and chris rock is like five eight 130 pounds if that was Shaq who made that joke <laughs> would he still storm the stage or would he be scared for his life yeah he only point. did it because he thought he could take chris rock yeah if he thought any retaliation could hurt him there's no way he would do it gilbert godfrey'd smack chris rock i don't think he's doing that to a tough comedian yeah or if the rock came out and made that joke about like gi jane or something i mean oh yeah they would just take it yeah 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 absolutely i mean and then there's this this, this other element of it which is like the sort of the, the problem with hollywood and i thought this tweet was uh very sort of um insightful uh by somebody named uh cooper co but he said will smith saying he wants to be a vessel for love 15 minutes after hitting a guy live on international tv and then getting a standing ovation is just an incredible summation of what hollywood's all about like it's like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like it's like if you're a progressive in in hollywood and you're like listen like violence under any circumstance is unacceptable that's just that's unacceptable but then literally 15 minutes after like a dude hits a dude, you're now standing up and giving somebody an applause. It, it, there's something very contradictory mm-hmm. about that. And and that's maybe that's just the human nature. I don't know what I would do in that room. Would I still stand up and applaud Will when he wins his Oscar? Would I? You just see what other people do and then you just do <laughs> yeah, what they do because exactly. you don't want to be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's so because co- because you're right. Like you said off the top, there's so many different like interest groups here uh, at play. It's like there's the comedians and there's and there's also like a conversation if you're looking at Twitter, like within the black community, but like, you know, there's black on black violence and there's all that stuff. And we, and there's also the issue of um, black women's hair, which like historically is a very, very sensitive issue, which, you know, I read some insightful tweets being like, you don't understand what it's like to be a black woman and have your whole life uh, to be, you know, centered around what your hair looks like and how it's not good enough. So I, I like, so I understand that there's definitely like sensitivities there that we probably can't appreciate, uh, which makes the whole thing even like, like everybody is like kind of talking past each other when it comes mm-hmm. to it's, it's like, it's like, you know, any sort of forward thinking progressive person would go under no circumstance should men be fighting with each other over this kind of thing? Should, should physical violence, right? If he had just yelled out and said, take my wife's name out your fucking mouth, that would have been 
equally as wild of a disruption. And we'd still be talking about it in the same way. There just wouldn't be that violence. I would have had more tolerance for that, I think. I think of course, I that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that sort of standing up for your family is is kind of cool. But yeah, the, the going up, being six foot three, just yeah. smacking a little dude and walking <laughs> it's off weird. stage. Yes. That's crazy. That, <laughs> Imagine it was, if it was Peter Dinklage, he had to go up there. <laughs> 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 I, well, it was even the way he smacked him. I saw someone on Twitter say that, like, this looks like something Will learned how to do from like a, like a stunt coordinator in a movie because his posture was perfect. The way that he smacked, the way that he turned and walked back to his seat gracefully, like it was, <laughs> it was like out. I like at first I was like, because I came to it not really think, like I was like, there's no way this is a bit, and then I saw it and I was like, oh, that's not a bit. But a lot of people were like, that's staged. A lot of people initially thought it was staged. It was you know, mm-hmm. it was perfect, yeah. and that's like. It was perfect. So you go, oh, maybe this was. And then the minute you watch it and you see the water in Will's eyes when you say, you know, keep your my wife's name out of your fucking mouth, all that. You're like, oh, this is like, <laughs> this is real and uncomfortable. I'd love it that the Academy approved that bit and they doubled down. They're like, no, this is a bit. <laughs> Take my name out your fucking mouth was approved by the Academy. Uh, do you uh, do you think Will should have been removed after the incident and then, you know, he'd get his award and someone else would have had to accept the, the award? Yeah, no, it was the perfect. No, it was the perfect TV drama oh. because everybody was like, holy shit, in 12 minutes, like it kept everyone glued to the I TV. I don't want what should happen to happen. There's yeah, we're asking what the right thing. The right thing would be to remove Will. As a viewer, I want to see him not almost want to win the award. So he has that awkward moment where he has to give a speech and address it. The whole speech became all about the incident. I guarantee you there was part of him that was like, I don't want to win this Academy Award right now. (laughs) My brother said, actually, he was like, what was so uncomfortable was he got up there and he clearly had bits he had planned to say, like the stuff about his mom being in the knitting club or whatever. He's like, so the speech was this fractured thing where he's kind of half (laughs) apologizing and justifying what he'd done, but he's still trying to get in his bits like about his mom that he had (laughs) planned. So it just ended up being this kind of weird mismatch speech. And and I was like, Greg, you fucking nailed it. I'm like, because there would be little parts that are like, Oh, he had that from before. Yeah. And he, his brain's kind of recalling it. And now he has to go back to sort of talking about the hit in a, in a roundabout way. while not sort of admitting guilt. And, and he's apologizing to the Academy and the people who had to witness it, <laughs> not to Chris, which is weird. Not, yeah. <laughs> when do you think, um, and this is what makes Chris Rock um, an interesting celebrity to me, because he doesn't strike me as a guy who's just like tweeting every thought on Twitter, on Instagram. I don't even know what his social media activity is, but he's just not like, you know, there's some comedians or musicians or actors that you don't really know a lot. Like Chris Rock does a couple big feature interviews when he has like a movie to promote, but he's not around all the time. Uh, Will Smith posted a, a photo of or a video of the two of them after the show and said, me and Jada Pickett Smith got all dressed up to choose chaos. That was like, him acknowledging what had happened when and how do you think Chris Rock is going to comment on the situation? Cause I can't wait for that. Like, is he going to save it for a stand-up special? Is he going to do like a sit down with the New York times? Like what, what do you think he'll do? He'll create a bit of it. I think for sure. What's yeah. There's a couple things. Like one of the things that I thought about him today was I'm like, do you think he has that thought where he's like, fuck everything that I've accomplished, everything I've done, 
This is going to be like the top one or two things people remember about this. This now becomes part of my legacy, like whether that's true or not. And he has another 30 years of work to shift that. But that is like a heavy thought. And I don't know if he thinks that way. Who knows? But like listening to him on podcasts and stuff, I think he is someone that thinks about that stuff. And I think one of the things as he's sort of like figuring out his next move is like, how do I reclaim like this narrative? I'm not just the guy that got punked by Will Smith at the Oscars. Like, how do I shift it? And I do think that that is acknowledging it. I think it's probably doing a bit about it because it is, it is like the sort of incident that has room for comedy. Nobody, you know, it's like, it's almost like the perfect incident where he can joke about it. And well, yeah, I mean, I think any like normal person who can appreciate the position that Chris Rock was in would love to get like a stand-up special with the play-by-play like in his head so it's like so then I came out here like you know like pulling back the curtain like that would be an amazing you know 15 minutes on just like the before the during okay Will Smith is coming at me and then the after and like what happened at the after party because I'm sure like the fallout and the and the people that reached out to Chris like all that stuff would be so fucking funny <laughs> Do you think he went home? Like, I I thought, I was like, I couldn't go to the after party after that. I'd just go home, like, if I were him. Do you think he went out and, like, was amongst people? See, I here's the thing. I, I disagree that he, it's a, such an embarrassing moment. You guys are kind of talking about it in that it's like, oh, how could he how could he live on? He If he fell over and if he was starting to cry and he visit, he kind of took it like a champion. Like, I, I think if his reaction was more embarrassing and he couldn't, like, speak again or he was or he's lying on the floor for a few seconds, but he kind of just took it and goes, are you fucking crazy yeah, you, inside though you could tell he was humiliated i think he he was he handled it as well as you could have but i think he was humiliated and i bet you mike's right in the fact that he probably did go home especially like will was being so obnoxious at those after parties he had like did you see that he's dancing in a group to getting jiggy with it which is a song he made <laughs> singing every word as a documentary crew is filming him and everyone's got their phones out filming him as he's dancing with the oscar yeah, that's a great song. Though. I do love that. Song. Oh, it's a good, it's yeah. an undeniable hit and you can't help but bop to it. <laughs> will Smith famous for undeniable hits. Yes. Um, I will say. Uh, oh, cause he hit Chris. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Two things. Chris also made a joke that was like, a lot of people are like, that's fucked up, dude. And you can say he didn't know about the condition. He probably didn't. I can't imagine a million years. He makes that joke. If he knows about the alopecia and all that stuff. But then also if you're Chris and you go to these after parties, everybody in Hollywood is looking at you like with, with sympathy. It's like, it's just like, I, I can't imagine like everyone, if, if they talk to you, they all look at you like, are you okay? That was weird. That's weird energy to be around. So Max, if that was you, if you're Chris Rock, you would just peacock into a party after that. I I'd find my boys. I'd go with Mike and Shane. I'm like, we're rolling, we're rolling. And, uh, we're going to have a great time. And I, we're going to laugh at Will Smith. That's what, because if I'm, if I'm Chris Rock, one of the funniest people on the planet and I'm hanging with my other comedians, Think about all the jokes that you could make at Will. It's easy enough to tease Will Smith about what he normally does. Imagine after that, they'd just be destroying him mm-hmm. in jail because I'm sure they all know about the ins and outs of their weird relationship too. Like the amount of jokes that you could just freely tell about that family. He's outnumbered though. In the aftermath. It's weird no. movie people that at these parties who are sensitive. No, but you just go with, you just go with your comedian but friends. They're going to outnumber like, right, you. I'm, I'm, and it's all the people who hate being made fun of are actors. That's fine. You go to the party, you roll with like Chappelle, you know, John Mayer, Jeffrey Ross, Bill Burr, you know, all your guys. And you're just like, just fucking having a laugh. Cause you're like, can you, can you believe this crazy guy? 
I did think a lot about like Adam Sandler, David Spade. I was like, what do the texts look like? Because yeah, I home, need to see you know? those screen grabs. I'd and they're like, what did they like? What would if that happened to Max? And, you know, I'm at home with my family and you're at some glamorous award show. What am I texting you? You know, just like, is it is it support? Is it are, that's crazy that like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm texting, but I made me think a lot about rocks, like sort of ostensibly his crew of other comedians who are going to be like, I can't believe that happened. Are they tweeting? Are they texting jokes? Like, and that's the only way they know how to relate to each other, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. I, yeah, I think you guys would cheer me right up and, and you and I'd laugh. I think I'd need to laugh and you guys would send me really funny mm-hmm. texts about it. Now I'm I thinking, think I keep thinking about different people doing the same thing and how that changes everything. But if you were up on stage hosting the Oscars or something and made that joke about Jada, <laughs> I feel like it'd be hard to support you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little different. Than Chris That's what Rock. I mean. So to say that if you were in a similar situation, Mike and I would support you. I'd be like, "Oh, Max is going to screen grab these texts. It's going to get out. I I can't support Max right now. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. align with him. Yeah, on don't this assume one. Yeah. we support you." Is the no, no. But the context of the, in in my slapping situation, it would be like I'm telling a joke at some other like band's expense, right? And then that band member comes up and slaps me. So it's not mm. Jada Pinkett Smith. Like the, it's just like the. The parallel is like if if I'm making a joke about Pete from July Talk, who's a dear friend, so I'll use him as a good example. And then Pete comes up and slaps me in the face and then and then walks off stage. Like mm-hmm. then, you know, we uh No, we this carry is what on. it is. I think it's like cuz also Will Smith is one of, if not the biggest star in the world too. So the dynamic is weird and comedians are kind of, they're in a lower hierarchy in these, like these Oscars sort of, yeah. you know, it'd, it'd be like if you're at the Junos and you're on the stage doing a bit and you make a joke about Win Butler or you make a joke about Regina and then Win Butler walks up the stage and you think he's going to do a funny thing. So you kind of laugh at first and then mm-hmm. he open hand smacks you on national yeah. TV. Yeah. What do you say after that, Max? What's oh, your line? That, oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, what would I say? Um, I don't. I don't think I could come up with anything. I'd be like, I'm deleting all of your songs from my playlist. Bro. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty I'll funny. Win. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what um, you do, you act like the smack really hurt you, and you go on the ground. <laughs> you're like, Ooh, and you're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> cocooning. Yes. Yeah. Like the the famous grape grape stomping video where the woman gets yeah. really hurt. Uh, uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then you have to hate win. Yeah. And then the camera zooms in on your face and you give it a wink and then everyone laughs and you get up. (laughs) That'd be really funny. I do think Shane, it would have been hilarious if like 40 minutes later in the telecast, if they rolled like Chris Rocco in a full body cast, like that would have literally been (laughs) the funniest Oscar bit. Um, (laughs) I saw a thing where they talked about, maybe repercussions like the Academy could take away Will's Oscar based on like a breach of code of conduct. (laughs) Like there's like a thing. So like that actually kind of seems like a reasonable move for the Academy to make if they wanted to sort of like take a stance on this can't happen here. Um, so that's one. Do you guys, would you guys be down with that? Or do you think that that's what's no, that's the, ridiculous? Let him keep the award. Okay, what if it was a roundhouse kick though, instead of a slap <laughs> and it connected pretty good. Then are you like taking the Oscar away? Yeah, no, I mean, no, like it sets a weird precedent, Max. It's a slippery slope. It's like how much violence can we have on that stage? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, next question. If you're Chris Rock, do you sue one of the richest men in the world for like physical <laughs> damages. damages, emotional damages, yeah. all that stuff? Like it happened on national TV. He could probably get a pretty big settlement. Now, how would that be perceived by Chris Rock's fans? Would it be seen as like weak or lame? At the very least, again, I think it's another thing he could joke about. Maybe maybe the bit will be him thinking about suing Will Smith or maybe he can talk about it. I don't know, but I was like, I don't know how, how he's going to spin this going forward. Guys, I just had the... the most tantalizing thought. Mm. Oh. I I cannot wait for next year's Oscars or the one after whenever Will has another movie and he's in the crowd and whatever comedian gets the gig is going to fucking destroy mm. him. Like I want to see the next Oscars hosted by Chris Rock or one of his pals and then the whole opening monologue is just making fun of Will and Jada. Like that's the whole entire thing. I don't think they'll touch like Jada again. They'll make a joke at Will's expense and then he'll push a button and a plexiglass thing will come up to protect him and that'll be like the, <laughs> the stunt joke. Yeah, but I, I just think that like, yeah, I wonder how many comedians are just gonna like make like every comedian is probably working on like five minutes about will smith now oh i like, saw a tweet i saw a tweet that was like uh hey i i i got some edgy material today i hope will smith's not in the crowd mm. every comedian's opening joke for the next five years yeah basically yeah. like <laughs> well you could go the reverse if you're hosting next year and you'd be like and will smith i actually like him he's good and then you just <laughs> exactly. it's known that you don't make fun of will and you just move on i think that could be funny yeah was or, will ever a stand-up comedian or was he always just an, a comedic actor just a rapper and an actor mm -hmm, cool. um i think that chris rock if he if he ever gets back on that stage should come probably come out with like security that could be a funny <laughs> bit yeah yeah um, that's funny <laughs> would you guys sue if you're chris rock no you you'd lose too much money even if you won the settlement interesting because people interesting. would turn on you you wouldn't be yeah. as cool Right. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. You yeah, can yeah. make money uh, off that by making a bit of it and humanizing yourself in the situation. Yeah, man. Just wild times. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, Shane, I want to hear about, uh, your, your weekend where you uh, landed, uh, COVID. <laughs> I like that. 50 minutes on Chris rock and then my weekend. Okay. <laughs> to end it. We still have to do a sap sucker ad here, even though I have no taste buds, but listen, we got to do sap sucker, which maybe we'll, we'll do that right now. Cause we got an exciting thing to do. Then we want to hear about Shane's uh, weekend of debauchery, which led to obviously, you know, his current situation. And also we got to talk about Taylor Hawkins, man, because mm -hmm. that is a, uh, that is obviously a huge and sad story. And uh, mm -hmm. I think it, it should be addressed on this pod. But first, let's do Sapsucker because, guys. Wouldn't it be amazing? Oh, so you, you go, you go. 
No, I want to hear what's amazing. Hit me. Well, it'd be amazing if um, this new peach sapsucker that we're about to try. I'm going to crack it right now. Ooh, I'll crack we- mine, too. Um, was was COVID proof? It was the only thing that when you lose your taste, you can <laughs> you can taste. Would that New be amazing ad. if they developed that technology? Shane, you you drank your peach ones already, right? I did because I was worried about losing my taste buds, so I wanted to have this delicious mm. drink and give a review on it without faking it mm. for the mic because I'm not sure if my taste buds are uh, as good as they should be right now. So I drank it yesterday. What we are doing right now, obviously, is so this flavor, uh, which is called the Peach One, uh, is it's a brand new flavor. Like this is brand new from Sapsucker. Launches I, April sixth. Launches, launches April sixth. Again, yep. with with us, if you uh, if you go to the uh, Sap Shop and you type in Hang Twenty, you get a uh, you get a discount. Uh, Hang Twenty, baby, from the Best Hang Podcast. But uh, I'm gonna try this. I've cracked it and I've never tasted it. It's a brand new flavor to the masses and to me right now. So let's give it a go. Shane, what do you recall about drinking uh, the peach flavor? Not to be too simplistic here, but it did taste peachy. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Yeah. This is good. You know how I know this is good? How? Is uh, I'm not a big fan of peach in mm. general. Just like like I didn't like fuzzy peaches when I was a kid. I'm, I like I'm never going to pick a peach out of a fruit basket, but this is a very good drink. Would you pick that flavor out of a sapsucker basket? Mmm. I'm I'm partial to lime mm. in, in everything okay. in every, and, and like I like a lime flavor in my beverages and so but it's but the fact that peach is even in the conversation for consideration I think is a uh, it's a triumph for them Maxi what are your thoughts on your first go you know I feel like we're we're full of shit right now we're dancing around the fact that you don't like peach flavor in general I don't like peach flavor in general Shane drank his yesterday he said it was peachy I love peach flavor. Oh, you I'm do? A, okay. I'm well, a peach you're... guy. I love peach. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, this is good because for me, I would never choose. Like, I like to eat a peach in the summertime, you know? Uh, when it comes to any peach-flavored things, I usually don't touch it. But I would say if you're into peach-flavored stuff, this is your number one choice. This is this is the best. Uh, Shane, would you agree with that? Tim Hortons used to have an amazing peach juice. And they had it in that big thing where, like, it was like a big jug. It kind of dispensed oh, yeah, peach yeah, yeah. juice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If that was still around, that would be the only thing that could beat it. It's like how McDonald's used to have orange drink. And for some reason, it was just the best. You're at a soccer game and you're 10 and the orange drink's the best. This sapsucker has taken over that awesome peach space as the number one. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we we thank our friends uh, at Sapsucker for providing. There's five different flavors now, four different flavors. But you don't like the flavor, Max. I like this. Extreme honesty. You don't like it. Yeah, it's not. No, I don't like peach. <laughs> okay, that's all. But I think if you like peach, it's the same thing. It's like you know, what's another thing that I don't? I don't like shrimp. But I don't you know, like sometimes shrimp. you look at a shrimp and you know, coconut shrimp, and you're like, oh, if I like shrimp, I would mm. be eating the whole. That's thing. That's a good analogy. So, I don't like fish, but when I see fish and chips, I want that battered fish. Yeah. So this is the the fish and chips of uh, sapsucker. Mm-hmm. Well, as someone who doesn't <laughs> like peach, I do enjoy this. And that's not oh, bullshit. That's true. That, that's true. Right now, as I drink this, it is available April 6th. Mm. If you're looking to get a sapsucker, the peach one out April uh, 6th for the people. We have a three bears scenario. Yes. Someone who doesn't really like it. Someone who kind of likes it and someone who really likes it. Yeah. I get my peaches down in Georgia. Ooh, that's that. That's shit. Um, Shane, how was your weekend in Toronto? Oh, it was good. 
I uh, went to the Raptors game. I saw a friend yeah. there, a close friend. Could barely see him, though, because he was up there. <laughs> this was the only time I think in my life I'll go to an event and have better seats than you. Yeah, how much did you pay for your tickets? <laughs> well, it was 300 Well, how much did you pay? You got them for free? You don't pay of for course. tickets. Well, those seats, they're probably giving them away where, the way you were sitting. <laughs> so for our listeners, if you didn't see on our socials, Shane was practically courtside. You have like the three courtside where your feet are on the wood. Shane was first row behind that. And I didn't know I had seats that good because when you go to StubHub or whatever these things are, they give you a seat view mm. of what it's going to look like. But the view I clicked on gave me it at the highest possible point, like at the mm. top of the 100s. So I was thinking 350 bucks per ticket. Oh, it's her birthday. I guess I'm just being ripped off because these tickets aren't that great. And I don't really buy tickets that often. And maybe this is last minute to buy tickets. I don't know, even though it was still two weeks in advance. I was thinking maybe the Raptors are hot now that they're winning a lots of games in a row. So I just accepted it. And then I was pleasantly surprised when I got there. I was pretty much like you said, as close to courtside as you can be without being courtside. And Maxie, you were on the baseline. I'm going to guess about row 16 from my expertise. Yeah, I think it was 18 or something. Yeah, it, see, right. that's pretty good just from well, watching on, on the socials. Where I was. <laughs> so, so Shane, Shane was taking the opportunity uh, to talk in our, in our chat group. Max is like, Oh, where are you sitting? You know, like be able to meet up. And then Shane's like, where are you? I can't see you. I didn't bring you my binoculars. It was very funny. Uh, uh, the taunting that was going on, but of course, Maxie, as, as you do with most things, you went for free. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got invited. It was, I mostly, it was a spite invitation and, and I, I spitefully went just to get the tickets for free so I could see you at the game. Were you comfortable? Uh, it looked like you were sitting with complete unknowns. <laughs> no, no, no. These are friends of mine. These are friends, friends. of mine. You just have this whole group no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Listen, I got lots of friends. You know me. Who were those guys? Yeah, my friend uh, Brent, my friend Matt. Actually, we were sitting with uh, Pascal Siakam's agent. So I got to ask Ooh, him a bunch of questions. Current agent stuff. or former? They <laughs> give the current, current agent, agent seats that high? Oh, man. <laughs> he, though he was pissed, actually, at the seats. He was like, honestly, next time we need seats, just ask me. We'll get them, like, center court. Oh, okay, like, yeah. What are we doing behind the hoop? That's a good play. I'd be embarrassed, too. Yeah, no, that was uh, <laughs> that was a big highlight for me. And I, uh, what did mm. you think of the move afterwards about not even bothering to text you, like, let's meet up? Well, I was, that's what I want to talk to you about because I love that move. I was, I was wondering because I didn't want to intrude on your romantic weekend. Mm -hmm. So who knows what you guys got planned, who, what Alex wants is her birthday, but I was expect. I know you're here for three days. I know you're staying at a hotel, like right down the street. I was expecting at some point to be like, Hey, what, what, what are you doing tonight? Like, let's, let's hang. Mm -hmm. And I never heard from you. I heard from, um, the nut that you were looking to get into some nightclub on the Saturday <laughs> and you're looking for like line bypass or where should I go? And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll hear from Shane. Never heard from Shane. Was this some mandate that you and Alex made for each other that like, we're not going to see your buddies or what, what was it? What's going you're on? Someone I see a lot. So if it was someone I was less comfortable with, you have to do the perfunctory. Oh, what's going on afterwards? Let's meet up for a drink. We didn't give a shit. And I was like, if Max cares, he'll message me. You're also with a weird gang of people that I've never seen or heard of before. <laughs> I don't want to have a million awkward encounters being with people. I don't know if they're cool or not. <laughs> so our seats were so good. We had access to this weird, fancy bar that I think you needed to have like a wristband or something. But, you know, when you're drunk, you can have confidence to just blow by security. Of course. So someone was like, hey, you, you need this. And we were like, bah, bah. And we just <laughs> we just walked right by it. And we were at this cool club. 
and I didn't want to leave that club. I'm sure you could have gotten in. Did you make friends with new people on the weekend? Um, like, I'm curious to know what like Alex and Shane do in meeting other people because you don't meet other people these days. You're just at yeah. home with your children. Now you guys are this young, good-looking couple out on the town. You know, Alex is very social. She's very friendly. You can be funny. Yes. What? Uh, who did? Uh, who, who did? Uh, who did you meet anybody interesting on your big adventure? Yeah, we we talked to some bartenders and we went to a place called Pizza Wine Bar or something like that. Pizza Wine and Disco. Yeah. So it's this hilarious world where everyone's 25 and under if they're a woman. And it's just cool being back in that world, seeing how people behave. And then there's this other group of like 50 year old men who try to get booths <laughs> there and hit on the women all night. And you just watch them. And the young workers there have to kiss the 50 year old men's asses because I guess they pay a lot for the bottle service and the booth. <laughs> <laughs> so we were annoying the shit out of them. So we would, there'd be an empty. Annoying the shit of who? These, the servers who have to kiss the asses of the 50 year olds. So they have oh. to placate these people. <laughs> and for the record, we, I know uh, some people involved in that bar and it just launched. So, so you getting into that bar, I think was a very hot ticket. Well, th this was Thursday night. So on Thursday okay. night, there was a little bit of deadness going on. So okay. we showed up at like 1040 and people are eating pizza. It's a pizza bar. And we sit in a booth and, you know, the booth sits 12 people, but it's just Alex and I sitting there and we look kind of obnoxious <laughs> and we look a little bit like in that purgatory age where we're not the 50 year old rich guys and we're not the young 20 year old women. So the waitress just <laughs> that hates weird us. Purgatory. She walks up. She's like uh, about to tell us to move out of the booth. And we're just like, can we have a pizza, please? And she's like, kitchen's closed. So upset with us. And everyone around us is eating pizza <laughs> and we're like, oh, fuck. And then I go to get a drink and the woman goes to grab my coat and just move it for me and take it away. She's like, you can't sit here. And then Alex said, that's my husband's coat. He can move it himself and started a conflict. Oh, God. So they hated us all night. Everything we did. Did you know that we got invited to the uh, opening night there and they might even want to sponsor the pod? Oh, is that the one we couldn't go to? Yeah. Oh, I got, I've got a vendetta with the one server. She's. <laughs> oh, this is a potential sponsor. Shane. I don't give this a shit. I hate this woman. She's like 22. <laughs> she's blonde. Oh, she's like, I don't want to use foul language here, but she's like the worst person in the world. And wow, Stop it. she is. Wow. This, she's like, yeah, we were supposed to all go to well, this place. I hope this it was woman like gets in trouble. Bar. So, <laughs> and we were wearing a Raptors gear, so we weren't looking that cool. So we made a plan to go there the next night and Alex was going to dress all fancy and look nice. And we knew we had no connections to get in. So the plan was to show up early, but we got there mm. at nine or something, but it was still too late. And the place was packed and the guy's like, no, you have to be on guest list or whatever. And I'm like, fuck. And I hate to message Birchall and ask for a favor. I'm like, Birchall, you have to do this for me. It's Alex's birthday. We don't give a shit about this bar. We just need to get in to, to stick it to this woman who was mildly rude to us the other night. Because she's going to be blown away that us nobodies in the Raptors gear on a Thursday night can make it in on Saturday night and just cruise in at 11. So, of course, we get in. She's not there. I look around and I get COVID. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what happened. Now I have COVID. No one else in my family oh my has COVID, God. just me. Everyone else is incredibly sick somehow, but yeah, that's what happened. Well, shit. 
was your big weekend? Did you do any other highlights? Um, oh, I got the new tattoo. Look, look at this. I got this oh, yeah. thing. Oh, I got. What's that about? Well, I wanted to cover. I had an onk tattoo on my arm. Do you know what an onk is? It's like a religious symbol or something that looks religious. Mm. But I got that tattoo with my sister and she got it about the size of a pea. And somehow I got it this big and I just had this religious <laughs> symbol on my arm. So I needed okay. a, to do a cover up. And the only thing that would fit it was an octopus. Mm. So that. N- not the best reaction from you guys. Yeah, you know, someone gets a tattoo, you can uh, just pretend you like it. You have like four hundred tattoos. I know, I know, it's, it's fine. The, the but is the octopus's head like the 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 onk top? Yes. Is that why it's like that? The head's yeah, not okay, weird, Mike. You're making it seem like the head's weird. This is normal how no. it's supposed to be. Uh, it looks great. I was wondering if you picked, you chose the octopus because of the shape fitting yeah. nicely over the. It onk. was going to be a mermaid or a octopus, but the octopus. Yeah. Fit. And then I got my daughter's name. So it's kind of a family arm here. There's my daughter, Lucy. I love Lucy. Yeah. I got a heart with Betty in it. And that's Alex's name. So that the whole family is oh. on my left arm now. Very nice. cool. I could have got COVID there too. I don't know. Yeah. but Or the hotel. Yeah. You stayed at a hotel. Could have been anywhere. It was a good could've hotel. But yeah, the, the pizza bar was very packed. And I was mm-hmm. blinded by rage. So I went in there. <laughs> that's the and biggest suspect. Inhaling a lot of droplets. Yeah, when you're angry. Yes. Uh, could have been at the Raptors game. You know, 19,500 yeah. people all screamed at the top of their lungs mm-hmm. for the old uh, the old Cleveland Cavaliers versus mm-hmm. the Raptors. Well, for the record, I do want to uh, thank uh, Brent, who hooked up the tickets uh, for the Raptors, and uh, Raul, who would have got you into the bar, uh, back, got you back into Ra- the bar. Raul, who is one of your close friends, who's not <laughs> just a random guy who you just met that night. <laughs> stop it, stop. So Raul's been around for a while. I just don't know that. I know, I know, I know Brent. Brent, Brent, we went to the season opener with. Brent's, yeah, Brent's, Brent's cool lovely. Dude. Yeah, he's great, great dude. That Birchall's friend, Brent, that, that person? Yeah. Different Brent. Oh, different, different Brent. Brent. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a lot is happening uh, in the world while you're at home having a, making a family. You know, I'm making new friends. Okay. okay. He's replacing us slowly. We've already discussed this on another podcast. <laughs> Who do you like um, better, me or Raul? <laughs> <laughs> be honest. I don't know. I've seen Raul more in real life than you lately. You don't even text me anymore. It's true. I would have if, like you said, we were, it was a date <laughs> night. I didn't, sometimes I go out no, on a I date and Alex feels like I'm ignoring her. I did see though, after the game, you were like hanging on the court with Nick Nurse, Max. Mm-hmm. Would Alex and Shane have been a part of that experience if they would texted yeah, you? Yeah, they absolutely would have if they had texted me. I was, we were with so our, our friend Brent who works with Pascal's agent, this guy mm-hmm. Todd, who's this like fascinating dude. Played basketball at UCLA and represents a bunch of Canadian guys at the NBA as well as Pascal. And uh, we hung out with them. And then Nick came out and, and said hi. And we were, we were joking around. It was great. The last time Nick was around Alex, he talked to her for like an hour. So <laughs> that would have been annoying for me. <laughs> oh, man. It sounds like it was a wonderful weekend. Obviously, aside from uh, the COVID and hopefully you and the family and everybody are well. Guys, before we go, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Taylor Hawkins and sort of uh, uh, our thoughts on that news, because obviously anyone who listens to this podcast probably knows he was the drummer of the Foo Fighters, had his old side project, uh, Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. Um, he drummed for uh, Atlantis uh, before he joined the Foos. Him and Dave Grohl have this sort of epic uh, friendship or bromance, if you want to use that word, sort of like over the years, even though the Foo Fighters are very much of Dave Grohl, he sort of, you know, creates everything and in those early records recorded all the instruments. Um, Once Taylor joined the group, 
it, Dave really sort of like elevated him to uh, sort of like equal status where all the press was always those two guys. It was everything. Whenever they're out doing a record, it was like Taylor and Dave would do a lot of stuff, just the two of them. Um, one of my jobs at Much Music uh, when I first started there was we used to have these things called station IDs where if like No Doubt was there or Foo Fighters, uh, when they were on the show Much On Demand, um, which was like our sort of little afternoon show, I would go down and I would be the guy because it was so wild to me because no one ever wanted all the seasoned producers and directors. And I was just like a production assistant. They all wanted to kind of get out of there by like 536 and much on demand would end at six. And that was when you could get like sort of the artist ID. So they talk to the camera, you get them to say something interesting, kind of get directed. So it kind of fell to me, which is like incredible because I was like super young. I just started and like someone like Conan O'Brien would come in and it's like, can you go down and get the artist idea? I'm like, I get to go down like with a camera person and direct Conan O'Brien. Like, so I have like something like 35 tapes of me on camera directing, you know, Conan O'Brien, like all of these huge stars and Dave Grawl and Taylor Hawkins were two of those people where I went mm. down to much on demand and they were super funny and cool. And I got them to do like three takes. And one of them was like really loud. Like you're watching how much, you know, Dave screamed and, and it was like, it was a really cool moment. It was only like, you know, I was only talking to them for a couple minutes, but so damn nice. And not everybody was nice. All those celebs that came through there. So I, I had that moment, but anyways, it was pretty shocking and uh, sad. Cause he seemed like a guy that had a lot of sort of like love for life and just like a musician's musician, like all the musicians mm -hmm. that have spoken out, just talk about how great he was. And you know, they've probably seen him for the last two decades at festivals and all that stuff. And he seemed like a guy that everybody really loved. What were your thoughts when you heard the news, Maxi? Yeah. I mean, he, sort of had the most like desirable gig in some ways uh if you're a drummer especially because like you're playing a style of music that is very um fun as a drummer like you get to do a lot of stuff it's like you know a lot of drummers might have like more boring gigs but like you have to be very flashy uh, the drums are such a massive part of the foo fighter sound um and so not only did he you know get to be the drummer in what turned out to be you know one of the biggest bands in history he also just just probably by na uh, nature of his disposition just got to have the most fun too right so like when you see a guy that kind of has the best of both worlds where it's like i'm having a great time i get along with the lead singer who's the most charming man on planet earth i get to be his sidekick and we get to only do fun interesting shit um you know uh it why would you ever want to not have that right and and the fact that he's gone is is exactly that um and also it's like the, the foo fighters have done an amazing job of like kind of staying with the times you know um it's like they they make every tour bigger and better than the last they're they're they've got a great sense of humor like i remember they had some show in the middle of uh middle of nowhere usa and there's some i think evangel evangelists were like uh outside the the stadium protesting like rock and roll, like, you know, when you get those like really hardcore yeah. Christians and then they came out on like a flatbed truck and played for them, like played, <laughs> I think, uh, ABBA or something like that. Like you're just kind of like fucking with them. So they always kind of were up to stuff, which, which I really appreciated. And, you know, you can think if you're any of those guys in the van, it's like that energy Taylor would bring to any, like if you're that like good, good news, good vibes, full of energy kind of guy, like, you know, you need that in your operation. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just terrible. It's so, so sad. Yeah. He was so young looking too. He, he felt like a, someone who was always 30. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like it too. He's like a rip, yeah. right? Like he just wore a shirt and very nice. He seemed like, and like an awesome friend to have 
I was recently, mm-hmm. it was on Howard Stern and they didn't know that they were on like, cause they were, it was like a zoom delay and Howard, like they're on mute or something, but it was just Dave and um, Taylor just talking about music before. Mm. So they were, Oh wow. It was cool to hear. Oh, this is what they actually sound like when they're just talking and not knowing that they're on air. And it seemed like he was like one of those people who really enjoyed what he was doing. Wasn't just going through the motions. And I felt a lot like not felt thought a lot about Dave and what it would be like to lose a close friend. Mm-hmm. And it goes, it was like, Oh, what if Mike died or Greg mm-hmm. or that's all. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, you, you too, Max. No, you too. Yeah, you left out yeah. Max intentionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, and, and I mean, obviously you, you can't help but think about sort of like, it's like, so they're on tour. They just played, I think the night before they're in Columbia for a show, I think the next night and they were supposed to play on the Sunday, whatever. It's like, if you're the band or you're Dave in particular, it's like, you have to, there's all this stuff that is like, like you basically your world shatters, like professionally, obviously things are like in chaos, but then personally you have to mourn this, this friend who's got a wife and has children and a family. And you're just like, I, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. what that is like to go through where it's all intermingled, your business, your friendships, your, you're sort of processing, you know, like, like I've lost people in my life, but it's always been compartmentalized to like, this is what I do there. And then now I go back to work or now I go do this with my friends to have all that sort of like, um, balled into one thing that you have to sort of like Mm. manage just feels like immense. Mm. Uh, yeah, Yeah, because you'd think, I mean, there's probably such like intense feelings of despair that I'd understand if you'd want to just like, you know, roll up in a ball and not leave your room. I get that. But the thing that probably in any other situation would make you feel good is mm-hmm. playing music. Like th- that is the medicine, right? And then like, oh, you know what? Actually, I feel terrible. You don't actually make me feel good. I'm going to go rock out with my band. We're going to make a lot of other people really happy just by us being on stage. And as you say, Mike, like because they're all uh, intermixed, it's just like, okay, like the logistics of like, okay, when we do decide to carry on, because I imagine they will, like, what the fuck does that, it's so, it's probably so emotional, like when you're looking back at the drum kit and Taylor not being there. So the thing that's supposed to give you relief is not you know, the thing that uh, can do that necessarily. Yeah. It becomes a source of sort of pain or like a sort of a reminder of that until mm-hmm. enough time hopefully passes and, and we move on. But man, yeah. Yeah. It does feel like we're living in a bizarre times. And I know mm-hmm. we say that every once in a while, but it's just like, yeah, I feel like people are sort of passing away at sort of this unprecedented clip, at least in our sort of shared, you know, history, uh, and just bizarre shit's happening all the time. Like going all the way back to the start of this podcast and the stuff that happened with Will Smith. It's like, there's something unprecedented or weird, or I was saying to Shane earlier, we were on a call about something else. And I was saying, I kind of always have that tingly feeling like that. Remember like when nine 11 happened mm-hmm. and you're just like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's the chaos feeling or what it feels like I'm having that once a week now with some weird shit that's happening in the world. And it didn't used to feel that frequent. Do you think it's because of social media? Yeah, it's, I'm absolutely. I bet that plays a part because it's like, we're not, not seeing everything all at once all the time. Yeah. And there's like, things are getting back to normal, but they don't but then you're like, oh, well, like Shanghai is shut down this week because coronavirus is bad as everything. So it's like this, like this looming thing that could like shut us down again. That's that's really hard. And uh, yeah, I just think it's like there usually there's there's always bad stuff happening, but you have enough other distractions to kind of, you know, n- n- preoccupy your mind in other ways. But 
lack of events and lack of things to do and it's just you know that other part becomes much bigger in your mind the the bad shit well on that note hopefully we're heading toward better days always that's the goal that's the outlook uh but maxi we're gonna say something right before we go nope all right shaney do you have anything to say before we go no all right well i hope you feel better shane thank you can't wait to do this again next week uh and guys it's been a great hang for all our listeners Leave a comment, leave a rating, all that. And check out the peach one, Sapsucker, out April 6th. Uh, and right now, if you want something from the Sap Shop, use our code HANG20 for 20% off. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.